0: Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain. And I'm Mark Purcell. Each week we discuss different filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. What are we trying to figure out exactly? Uh, I don't know. What are we trying? I Just <laughs> how to make movies easily. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what, I, what we meant by that is each topic we're trying to figure that topic out by ourselves but when i was looking at this outline yesterday i was like "What are we even trying to figure out as filmmakers right now i don't even know i'm like so confusing sometimes because there's so many aspects to it it's like we're trying to figure out the raising the money part trying to figure out the producing part the distribution part like i feel like there's too many things too many distractions i don't sometimes i don't know which direction to go in yeah
1: i just um I kind of feel like I want to figure out how to make more movies, and um, you know, you need
0: to figure out how to make one movie,
1: right? Well, that's or true. unless
0: you're talking about shorts,
1: yeah, um, that that stuff. too. I mean, I just I would rather be more prolific than I currently am. Like I haven't directed anything since that little cake movie and back Mm -hmm. in May. And that was like, you know, the smallest thing ever. So I'm like, geez, I gotta be doing more stuff. And I'm feeling really feeling the burn to, to create something right now. And, uh, And yeah, I just, I need to figure it out. And I, and I look at all our, you know, all our listeners and everybody on our new (laughs) Facebook group and all this stuff and everybody's making stuff like constantly. And it's just like, why am I not making stuff like everybody else is? Like, why are we just talking about it? And not actually making things, it's a uh, it's starting to be a little bit of annoying to me. You know? Yeah, I've had that feeling too on
0: this podcast. Because it but does you feel like
1: though, because you make stuff, <laughs> like you you directed a music video this year, and you directed like you know twenty two commercials or whatever it is.
0: I, yeah, maybe it's just it's probably just a feeling that we all have, to be honest. Because yeah. I remember matt and Oren talking about this on their podcast where they're saying like sometimes it feels like you're not doing enough and then you realize you just like two weeks ago you just finished something
1: but right. i think it
0: always feels like you're not doing enough
1: yeah maybe i just i just i guess right now i feel like i have so many things um that i should be doing or so many things i could be doing for various projects and i i just wish i had more time in the day to do all these things you know to make them all happen mm-hmm. um But, you know, there's only so much time and you have responsibilities and work and things to go to and things to do. And it's just really it started to get annoying to me um, right now, just with like my lack of um, time and focus to get these things done.
0: Yeah, I have that, too. I'm also struggling with what project I should even be working on. Uh, it's like I have this screenplay I've been working on for almost two years now. And I was like, should I keep working on that? Or should I jump over to another idea? Because that doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I can't seem to crack that one. Right. <laughs> you know, should I just jump over to something else that I, that I have in my head that's just as easy to produce? Like I've had like, um there's two ideas I don't think I've ever told you about that I've always just thought it'd be fun to try to do. It's like, one is... A single location film that all takes place around like a Ouija board or a seance, like a session, and like the crazy shit that happens as a result of it. I think you could put like a group of people in it and just have like some interplay of dynamics and some some supernatural element that plays into it. Um, And then another one I had was there's this crazy robot hotel in Japan. Um, and I just want to, like, go rent a room there for, like, three weeks and bring, like, one actor actress with me and just shoot a movie inside that hotel because it just seems so wacky and crazy as a location.
1: What What is this robot hotel actually? Is it, like, just a bunch of computers talking to you?
0: Yeah, or? there's, like, no—apparently there's, like, no humans there. Like, the checkout—the check-in counter is a robot and the— bellboy that brings you to your room is a robot and there's like robots in your room so I was like thinking of just like a a one human alone with all these robots in this hotel and maybe it could be like I see this is the problem it's like you it's easy to get excited about a, a project that has right now you haven't even like tried to tackle because there's just like so many possibilities to it but I'm sure I'd get frustrated with this idea going into it because I would start finding the flaws with it but right now it's like it could be in the future and like this person's the only person alive and they're just going to this robot hotel to like have some companionship or it could just be some metaphor about how we're all alone in this world of technology and it could take place in present day or you know it could be just somebody trying to escape their life like there's a lot of possibilities which is why I think it excites me. And same thing with like the, the seance idea that excites me because I haven't really worked on it. So it just could be all these different things. And it's just this fun little idea in my head. Whereas the script I'm working on, I know what the problems are and I just have a hard time solving them. Yeah. I kind of feel like when you're up against that,
1: um, that, that, position point where you're like trying to solve a problem in a script that that's when the real work begins
0: uh-huh. and
1: a lot of people's um instinct is to come up with something else and leave that <laughs> project and i think yeah. that's what separates like the really great writers from just the everyday people like you and me mm-hmm. <laughs> no offense <laughs> but yeah. you know it's like it's like that that's being able to like Push figure out those it. problems yeah. mm-hmm. that's the real challenge and uh it's really difficult and i feel like you know, obviously, we watch a lot of movies, and a lot of times you can tell people don't ever solve those problems in their scripts, yeah. but oh, they just yeah, totally. go forward anyways. You know, mm-hmm.
0: um, well, that's also the hard thing is like when you're feeling that anxiety about wanting to go and just shoot something. That's that's usually the feeling that gets me off my butt to go sh- shoot pretty much anything that I've ever done in my career, short film wise. But I'm always shooting half finished scripts, and I think it shows in my work. And so, like, a, this is the time in my life where, like, I, I got to figure out my script before I go to shoot it. But it's hard not to feel like, but I'm not moving fast enough. Two years working on a script, it's like, that's, ugh, like, I'm wasting time. I should be out there doing stuff. Right. But at the I same think- time, if I'm just doing stuff just to do it, I don't feel like that necessarily is great either right yeah I think that
1: there's this balance right where you, yeah. you you don't put too much time into planning um because you could plan forever and you could <laughs> yeah come up with ideas forever and you could be waiting for the perfect script forever but on the other hand it's like you you want to make stuff you know but um but yeah you can't just if I don't know. There's so much stuff being made right now, right? That that's
0: the problem. Is there's so much <laughs> stuff being made that it's like you can't just be another thing that's being yeah, made. You have to like <laughs> make it better. Right?
1: Or it needs to at least matter to you. Like even if yeah. it's not yeah. going to like, you know, change break the world, the, yeah, change the world or be completely innovative or you know, do something that's completely different like if it matters to you then that's a good enough reason i think yeah but like you have to make sure it really matters to you you know um
0: that's true and i guess the script that i'm working on does really matter to me but i haven't the when i say i haven't cracked it it's mostly because i'm trying to say something with it and i haven't figured out the best way to say it yet And until I figure that out, regardless of what what other people think about it, if I'm happy with it and I think it's doing what I want it to do, then I'll be ready to go shoot it. But right now, I'm not happy with it, so why would I go and shoot it?
1: But you know what you want to say, but you just don't know how you want to say
0: it. Exactly, it's kind of like it's like a Rubik's cube. There's like all these pieces, and I can see I can see how let's see, I can see the individual pieces, but I can't figure out how to solve the puzzle. I feel mm. like it's so close. It's just like missing one like move.
1: But you, But you're not even done writing it yet, right? You're just like fifty
0: percent. No. Yeah, I mean it's like a lot of starts and stops. Um, I have a lot of scenes written. I have a lot of different outlines that I've done. I have tons and tons of pages of notes of me trying to like just solve this problem that I'm that I'm dealing with. And yeah, I just haven't. I, right now, I'm like back to the basics of just trying to come up with the. Really short synopsis that works. That's like, all right, that story works start to finish. And now I can then unpack it and expand it into a feature film and huh. use all the scenes that I've written. Cause I feel like the character, the universe, some of the scenes I've written all are going to fit into it. But the act one, act two, act three story arc isn't working yet it's it's not complete it's not a story that's going to be fulfilling yet there's yeah, missing pieces to it
1: that doesn't work for me like I, I can't boil down a story into like a really nice synopsis oh, really? and then and then write a movie off of it because it's just like like i i have a hard time and like some syn- syn- uh making a synopsis for the alternate and it's already written <laughs> you know yeah um but i mean i wonder if that's normal or if we well, if I have a serious issue with my script or something, but I I feel like, I don't know, for me, like just writing it is, is the only way to get it done. Cause like you can outline forever, come up with treatments forever, all that stuff, you know, but until you actually have the movie written, I don't even think you know what it's going to really be about until it's all together. You know,
0: I, I, I can't do it that way. I, or I guess I should say, I have done it that way, and it hasn't worked for me. And on this one, I did kind of get to that place where, like, I'm just gonna write it and see what comes out, and then I just I got stuck.
1: Right, and yeah. so that
0: to me proved that okay, I got stuck because I don't think that my setup is correct, or I don't think that my my act three resolution is correct yet, because I right. you have to kind of know where you're going too, right? Right. And so, like between act one and act three, where you know, the start and the finish, there's, you know, there's that long period where you're trying to get from one place to the other. And I, it felt broken in that section. And I just gave up.
1: Well, like every movie feels broken in that section. (laughs) Like the second act is like the death of all movies and movies that are, most movies that are made have a terrible second act section. You know, it's the hardest part of the story. And I feel like, you know, yeah, you just have, I, to me it's like writing through that is what what I think you have to do or at least what I have to do yeah. and just you know write a second act or write a movie rewrite the second act keep on rewriting it until you find something that's that's going to work like I rewrote the second act of um the alternate like you know basically seven or six times six or seven times <laughs> at least you know mm-hmm. cuz it just was never you know satisfying what it needed to satisfy and i don't think it's perfect even now you know but um it's a lot closer so
0: yeah i think the key is having an act one that sets up um sets the stage for a bunch of things to happen i I think the reason the hero's journey works so well is because you're propelling the character out of their real world situation into like another universe and there's so much more to explore in that next world one thing that I'm struggling with is because mine is a single location story is there's no place for them to go so you know I'm in one location how do I how do I create the feeling that there's more of this world to explore without being able to leave it you know You've done it by creating a, a separate world that right. looks like the original world that the character's from, but there's changes to it, so there's more to explore. You know, it's very similar to Back to the Future, where you're in the same house and town and it's the same basic characters, but it's a different period of time, so there's different challenges and different things to explore. Right. Mine, it's like, it's the same character for the characters for like the whole movie. So it's very much like Rear Window, but Rear Window has a whole murder mystery aspect to it that I don't have in my movie. And a lot of
1: other locations that he's looking into. Yeah. He's looking out his window
0: into all these different apartments. So, so then like I, I look to rear window a lot and I'm like, Oh, should I put like a murder mystery in mine? You know, like that'll excite that'll make it exciting. It's like, no, but that doesn't (laughs) fit. That doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? So it's like a lot of that trying to figure out what, how to like create this act Two world. That's that, changes this character's life in a way that's going to propel it i also look at like breakfast club too um that's another good single location movie but it's yeah it's hard i think it's probably a lot of it's just the single location is is making it really tough
1: well it seems to me that a lot of the time the single location movies work because they have really dynamic characters within Mm -hmm. the single location but aren't you also trying to do it with like two characters Right, yeah mainly
0: two characters there's a few secondary characters but the mo- the bulk of the movie is around two characters
1: yeah i think that's really really challenging yeah um have you seen this movie carnage um ro- i think it's roman polanski directed it um
0: oh yeah it's- about the two families the mm-hmm. t- two parents yeah yeah, yeah
1: two p- sets of parents um yeah. you know meeting about their sons who got into a a fight or whatever <laughs> yeah. it's uh-huh. so great um christoph waltz and uh John C. Riley, and who's it's a uh, Kate Winslet, and who's the last one? It is the woman who is great um, from all those movies. Contact um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yes. Yeah.
0: We did it. We did it without Google.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. But it's it's just a brilliant movie. But it's like you get some of the best actors in the world um, with an amazing script in one place, and then it's yeah. it's going to work out, you know. But it's really challenging to do it from our perspective because it's like, you likely we're not going to have the best actors in the world because it's going to mm. be, you know, an, an early movie in our career. Oh, we'll get some great people, I'm sure, but it's not going to be, you know, Jodie Foster, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And, and the writing, you know, I mean, it, it's really hard to write a great movie. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, I well, think I... you have to use whatever advantage you can to like get around that, you know? Like, yeah. what can you do that's going to be so exciting, so interesting, that it doesn't matter that you don't have the best this, the best that, you know? Yeah,
0: well, that's the other things. Like, Carnage is, I feel like that's written almost as a play. And it's very dialogue yeah. driven. I think it was a play. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. So that's almost like what you have to do in a single location is like, imagine it's a play, but I'm trying to do more like rear window style where it's a lot more visual storytelling. So I'm doing less dialogue and more visual storytelling, which is making it even harder. Right. In one space to <laughs> tell a story of, yeah. with
1: visual storytelling. It's really challenging. Why yeah. um, have, have you like made a list of all the movies that, that you found that do this really well? And, like, kind of watched them all and just been like, okay, these are the movies that have worked doing things like this.
0: Um, I mean, just the ones that I've named so far, I'm sure there's more. I, I, I really liked Buried. With, yeah, Buried was what yeah. I was going to say. Um, that's a good one. And I also like Locke. Oh, yeah. But Locke is all dialogue. Buried right. is also all dialogue right
1: (laughs) i think but the key is all these movies also do have great actors in the in the lead role you know so i mean that i think that will be part of what you do and i'm sure you'll be able to get somebody good Mm -hmm. um but yeah difficult i mean the more dynamic things you could put into a script the, the easier it is to you know get the audience excited and and you know, the keys to that is like new locations and new characters.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's kind of interesting. Cause those things in some ways are a little bit of a cheat to like get you through, propel the story in some ways. Like I, I I've been looking at toy story a lot mm. and how it's like that movie could have been all takes place in the children's room. And just the whole movies about like Woody trying to get rid of buzz, but he gets rid of buzz at like minute 20 or something right. knocks him out the window and all and now they're out of their bedroom he's banished from the the kids kingdom and he's out in the world now trying to get trying to convince buzz to come back with them so he can go back to that room and i think it's because they're out in the world that there's all these other little like places that they can do these cool set pieces right. which makes it fun but yeah had they done it all in the kids bedroom i mean it would have been a lot harder of a movie to to write i think
1: yeah, that's such a great movie. And I, I look to that opening section, the first 20 minutes of that movie, Ooh. um, a lot for reference in my movie because, uh, the way that Woody is like the good guy, but he's like kind of falling into this, this trap of making some bad decisions that are not good, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but benefit him. And then when he knocks him out the window, it's like the turning point where I, all the other toys see that what he's doing and it's revealed that he, You know did some bad things and then it's like okay the rest of the movie it's up to him to to you know get buzzed back and make things right you know
0: yeah
1: um but i'm basically trying to do that same kind of thing but like you know through a longer period of my movie um you know and have the audience be on you know woody like my character's side just like we're on woody's side until that moment Mm -hmm. you know um i love that i gosh that's one of the movies i studied when i was first writing
0: the alternate yeah it's a great
1: movie yeah, it is really great. It's it's probably like, it's one of the greatest movies ever made, you know, cartoon or not, you know? Yeah. It's so well, I mean, I've seen that movie probably like at least 10 to 15 times, you know, it's just so well done. Um. All right. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about any of the things that we're supposed to be <laughs> talking me what, about? Tell
0: me what you're struggling with. I mean, we've we just passed, we've gotten I mean, back and forth with struggles. But yeah. you have any other ones? I don't
1: know. I just, I, I really want to make something. And I, and I want to get more focused in my life, you know, and I think I've gotten a little bit more, you know, like I, I have a clear idea of my path now. And I mean, I know I kind of feel stupid for coming on the podcast a few weeks ago and being like, I'm moving to L.A. now, you know, because <laughs> now everyone's like, yeah, you moved, I heard you moved to L.A. That's great. And it's like, well, I mean, I I am eventually probably going to move to L.A., but I've come up with a new plan where, you know, it's, it makes more sense to just focus on making the alternate and getting mm-hmm. that done and then moving to LA because I, I was talking that, to You my-
0: said that though You said that in, in the that podcast episode Did I? Yeah or Did I just say that to you in person? No, 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 I'm pretty sure you said it on the podcast and you Oh, said, really? Okay Yeah, you, before <laughs> yeah. you moved to LA you want to get a few things done and one of them was right. shooting your feature right. Although you did think that I think you, you did say. I'm pretty sure you said it because you were thinking maybe shooting your movie in LA because you would have better access to actors, and that's part of the reason you'd go. But I think you talked yourself out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you didn't. You might have just said it to me. Yeah. Well, I,
1: I had basically like met with my lawyer last week, and um, you know, t- I guess I just like kind of unloaded on him. I was like, "Here's all the things that I'm thinking about. Here's all I've what I've learned from AFM. Here's." where I'm at and, like, what do you think I should do? And then, like, we just sort of talked it over. And, like, he's also a producer, too. So it was, like, helpful because he makes movies regularly as well as, you know, is is a lawyer for a bunch of, um, you know, entertainment films and what movies and whatnot. Um, that was a t- terrible sentence. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he was just like, yeah, for this movie at this budget level, moving to L.A. is not going to help the movie get made. Um, you'd be more uh better off just staying here and and getting it done where you are and you know you, you need to like you know look at what you've where you're at and where and what you're doing with the movie and just recognize the progress cuz like you you are making progress and you're getting there you just need to keep at it you know and just keep on raising the money keep on reaching out and making connections like find your producer like do all these things and you know you're you're going to be on your way and like the fact that you have these connections um with these LA companies is good but he basically thought that that's not going to be how the movie's going to get made. He's like, you just need to find more investors who are going to get behind the project and, you know, get it, get it, get the, the funds in place. Because once you have the funds in place or more of the funds in place, you're, you're going to find that it's going to go relatively quickly once you get to a certain level. So he's like, just stay focused. Like if you move to L.A. now or in the next three months, like you're basically going to be like taking, you know, six months off of your movie and it's not going to help the movie get made. So just get it done. Once it's done, then, you know, then move to LA when you have a finished feature and then you can walk into the town, like with an achievement and then, you know, take it from there, which I think is like always been my plan. Like since I was like 25, (laughs) but I think you've talked about that in like year one of this podcast. Right. So hopefully I'm closer. Well, not hopefully I am closer to getting that, that done. And I think next year is going to be the year where I, I probably said this Previous years too, but I think like I'm probably going. to It feels like I'm going to shoot the movie next year. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Feels like it's coming, but it's just like it sort of sucks when you're in this position where you're d- taking meetings, you're doing all the business stuff, and you're not really making anything. And it's it's been a long time of that of this business stuff, and it's just like I really want to make something. So I I think I am going to do a short film. I just need to. I got the actors already excited about it. I have I wrote the script. I just need to um get the crew around it and and secure my location you're gonna do a cake style um a little Uh, bit bigger than cake mm. it's it's this thing i've had in my head my my head for a long time i even talked to the location like four years ago when i was still finishing strange thing and they said they would let me shoot there so now i have to go back to them and be like remember four years ago when i asked if i could do this like will you still do that (laughs) and then see if uh if they're willing and then yeah, it's gonna be a steady cam movie, like a one take. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, can I ask?
0: I, uh, this might be a stupid question, but sure. what? Why are you shooting a short film? Like, what's the reason? Oh, because I want to. Um, That's it. The, There's not like oh, because I just because I need to practice steady cam for my feature or. It,
1: it's just the story. It's like a really personal story about a fight in a previous relationship and. It's never left my head and it's it's been something that I've thought about, um, you know, ever since I wrote it or ever since it happened. And I had the script kind of half written um, and then I pulled it out the other day and then I rewrote it and kind of shortened it and made it just like a three page thing or whatever. And then I sent it to a couple of actors that I know and they liked it and they're in. So it's like, OK, let's just do this thing. Let's just make it, you know, um, mm-hmm. to the point that we've been talking about on, on this episode, just like. Wanting to make something, and I feel like it's it's not the right movie for me to make at all. It's not a science fiction movie. <laughs> that was my but next question. It's like, not a does horror this movie. Fit in yeah, no, to what
0: you want to do, no. Because I was thinking like all. Jason, <laughs> just Jason Headley talking about like it's not about the nail. He made that movie, and then it like went viral. But he, in some ways, he didn't feel like it totally represented who he, what he wanted to do as a filmmaker.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's stupid because I think with the rage. That movie's already gonna confuse, um, people of like to what type of filmmaker I am. And now if I went and made this movie, it's gonna even confuse them even more. Cause that's even more different than The Rage and, and everything else I've done. Cause it's like a, a drama, like a relationship drama, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's like super different. And, um, but I don't know. I, I just, in the end, it's like, what, what, what do you want? Like as a storyteller, like, are you going to let, like, just tell the stories that you want to tell or are you going to try to be dictated by genre, you know, your whole career? Yeah, right. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> I should make this short and then I should also make the alternate trailer because, you know, that would be at least the, um, you know, the sci-fi thing, you know, and it would go along with the movie I'm trying to make and it would be a tool that I could use to raise money and stuff. So I kind of feel like, I'm going to do that too most likely just like an alternate teaser um sometime in the early early 2018 you know unless I get the funds while bef- while I'm in that process if I just if I'm able to raise the money to do the feature then I'll just skip it and just do the feature but you know if it's still looking like, you know, I'm in the same sort of position, then I'll just go out and make that really cheap. I already have a location, you know, I get some actors, uh, friends of mine to, to be in it and just do a really like kind of down and dirty, like, you know, two minute short trailer. Or I don't know, I wouldn't really want to make it a trailer. It'd probably be more like like a scene or some sort of some sort of piece that would give a feeling for the movie you know without it actually being yeah. like a trailer trailer but but not quite as short yeah like a teaser exactly yeah
0: um i would try something... to get people emotionally invested in it yeah exactly I feel like i see a lot of trailers and i especially in the indie level you're just like eh, huh? I don't know. but yeah. if you like put a like little teaser together it has like a scene that or like some sort of thing that make that makes you lean forward and keeps wanting you to watch it like i want to see what happens next i think that's a stronger way to do it Right,
1: yeah, there's a lot of I just had a lot of ideas of like what that scene could be, you know, and what that would look like, and I think I want two different things from it, and I think I'd have to choose because you I think trying to jam two sort of big ideas into the teaser might be a little difficult. I don't know i I have to work on it more I haven't really put any time um I mean I guess to just close out these this section of struggles um yeah. There's just a lot that I wanna do, obviously, and I'm I need to, you know Stay focused. Stay focused. Prioritize. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's hard to stay focused. It yeah.
1: Really and there's other opportunities I want to pursue as well, you mm-hmm. know,
0: and, and I just feel like You also you gotta know, get paid.
1: Yeah, and you have to pay pay the bills. And so <laughs> yeah. I think like my my approach is gonna be trying to, to do a little bit of everything which is like the the thing that my friends always make fun of me for is that <laughs> rather than yeah. just picking one thing I'm always like going after multiple things mm-hmm. Um but I think that's just who I am you know just have to pursue more than one thing at once because mm-hmm. it's I just you know putting everything into one thing is just I feel like I'm missing out on other opportunities yeah. by doing that
0: well that's a good thing to acknowledge
1: yeah We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, what about you, man? What do you want to do do, do? do you want to start talking about Jason?
0: Yeah, I just want to follow up on that episode last week because I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that Jason Headley said that really fit into kind of things that we've already learned on the podcast or things that I already believed. Um, and I, it was just great to hear it from him because I feel like it's been a while since we talked to a guest like that that reaffirmed a lot of the stuff that either like I'm kind of just doing for myself or you're even doing for yourself like one thing that i was curious to know is like did hearing him talk about his journey and knowing that he did it all in san francisco change your mind at all about needing to be in la
1: um i guess i i I honestly like the whole la thing like i want to just clarify like i don't think you need to be anywhere it's just about where you feel like it's you will be the most successful and you know i'm the, I'm just like kind of a come to the, coming to this realization on this last trip or these series of trips that like i might be successful in los angeles whereas before i never really saw any proof of that uh, you know right. yeah so it's more like oh like this could work for me in yeah. this town you know
0: i can network
1: um, i can meet people i do I do, I, I do belong i see how it would come together like i yeah. can see where i would fit into this this place you know um so it was more like that kind of realization gotcha. and then you know yeah. mentioning it to beth she just was like let's do it and i was like oh my god well let's <laughs> right. we'll slow down here let's yeah, not I guess go it was, crazy it was good um, for
0: me to hear jason had kind of figured out a way to make a commercial career work right shoot his feature film in texas of all places and then also be working with pixar which is like amazing like he's doing pretty much three things that I would love to be doing as a filmmaker and he's doing it all in San Francisco and it doesn't sound like he has any plans to to move to LA so that was reassuring to me because I've kind of come to that conclusion this year that I'm not that interested in being in LA and also just putting stuff out there and knowing you don't really have control over what's going to happen to it and but the way that he made his, his whole career happen was just like showing up going to things, meeting people anytime somebody invited him to like meet up for coffee he'd be like, yeah, let's do it or he would initiate like meeting up to m- meeting up for coffee with like the SF film people um, just putting his movies online. you know it's like it's most of it's just like getting out there and it seems like it took years and years and years before a lot of those things even paid off but uh, you don't know what what is gonna turn into something so and you're definitely doing that even more than me like going to AFM and meeting people who knows who how all those relationships are going to pay off in 2 years, 5 years, 10 years like you never know. It's like it's right. really important just to like keep going out and talking to people, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's what I took away from from that conversation with Jason was just like yeah, you just need to be at the events, like going to things, you know, like, like if you like a, there's a film festival that you want, that you wish you could play, um, you know, with your, a film there or like a screenwriting competition you wish you could get into, uh, as a screenwriter, like just go to those places and, and be a part of the event as a, as a, as a spectator. Like I think that's like super valuable because you'll meet so many people. You'll go to the, all these events and, you know, obviously pick the right ones. Like Austin, the Austin Film Festival seems like an amazing, uh, festival to be a part of, you know, or maybe even South by Southwest, or you mm-hmm. know, even Sundance or whatever. Like people go to these things every year, just you know, as a as a as their way of getting out into the world and meeting people and meeting fellow f- filmmakers. Like I, at AFM, I met this guy, and you know, he's a writer, and he was saying that the the AFM is the one event he goes to every year where he gets out from behind his desk and you know goes out and meets people and meets other filmmakers and other writers and you know tries to get his work out there. And uh, he, he, I guess he goes every year, you know, and it's just like the thing he does. So it's like, wow, you should, I think like having two or three of those that you do a year, you know, is, is probably really helpful just to be out in the world, like around like-minded individuals, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it's such a isolating career path because you do do a lot of stuff alone. I also like that he acknowledged that he didn't even really like doing those things. He's like, I didn't want to <laughs> go. I didn't <laughs> want to be there, but, right. but he did it anyways because like yeah. i'm that person too i'm very much like him or it's like i don't want to be at those things i'm not a very social person i can be social with like one or two other people but when it turns into like a crowd of people i really shut down so like those are my least favorite places to be at right yeah no i i think like putting yourself
1: in an uncomfortable circumstance situation is often really useful you know um Just to go out and, you know, mix up your environment, try something different, you know, because you never know what you'll get out of it. And maybe it'll be nothing, but maybe it'll be a job
0: at Pixar 10 years later. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) know, That's so amazing. (laughs) Um, And then also, like, it was interesting that his short film got so many views and then that attracted an agent to him. But he still didn't make his feature through his agent. He did it by making it happen himself. It sounds like he was trying to package it here in San Francisco with local crew and people and then he, because of a relationship he had with somebody in Texas, it happened that way but it was all because of connections he had and him pushing it forward. It's not like he waited for his agent to ha- make a deal for him. So right. I they, I thought that was an important lesson because I feel like Colin Levy was also talking about how an agent didn't really help him after he got all those millions of views on his film and and. I don't. Know, we haven't talked about him in a while, but he went to Amsterdam and directed a film for those guys again. Um, and yeah, I mean, just made. He's making stuff happen on his own outside of having an agent. I don't know. Is the agent thing like even a thing still? Because I feel like a lot of our listeners now are just they're out there making their own films. I don't think right. like there's as much of a oh, I'm waiting to get signed, or I'm sending my script out to agents. I'm sending query letters. I don't really well, hear that much. I think that definitely
1: happens. I've talked to filmmakers who are doing that, you oh, okay. know, uh, but I think the hope with the film, with the short films is that you're going to get noticed and you're going to get yeah, right. whisked away by an agent or a manager. But <laughs> yeah. I think what, what happens to a lot of people that I know who have agents or managers is they get signed with a, a bigger company and then they're just like, you know, on the bottom totem pole of um, a client list. And it's like, you know, you're, you're on there with other big time directors or, or other, not even big time, but like just successful working directors who have made more things than you have. And it's like, you're, it kind of feels like you're competing against them with your, with your agent. And it's like, I don't know. This is just, all, I mean, obviously I don't have an agent or anything or, or a manager. I, I, I'm not speaking from my own personal experience. I'm just speaking from stories I've been told, you know, and, uh, it just sounds like, It's a tough road, you know, but people tend to rather be with an agent and a well-known agency than with an unknown agent. But to me, it seems like go with someone who's smaller, who's going to like really hustle for you, you know, like that would make sense to me. But Mm -hmm. I guess I really don't understand how that that really works. And it doesn't sound like it works the way that I thought it did. Like, you know, talking to the Just Shoot It guys, it doesn't seem like agents and managers are really... You know, they don't serve the purpose that I think we all think they do. You right.
0: Know? I think you have to see it this way. I think if you look at Jason's story, and there's been a few other people on the podcast over the years that have talked a little bit about this, that agents will make introductions for you and there is a potential that you know you could they could send you a script that you really like and you want to direct or introduce you to somebody that wants to get your movie made but probably most what it is is it's up to you to put something together and bring it to your agent the way Jason did is like he had a script he found a production company he got the funding and then he went to his agent and it sounds like his agent was the one who then helped get actors attached to it you know rather than Jason having having to reach out himself, and they have a few have i think the actors in this film are like um not like really well known but they they have been in things that are that you've seen before, so I think what you use your agent for is not to bring you business but to help kind of like facilitate things as as it becomes more and more real. I mean he talked about how things aren't real until there's money behind them
1: right. Yeah, the whole idea of, like, when is this thing real? I think that's kind of what I'm struggling with right now. I don't think anyone I, I'm talking to is, like, really looking at my project as something that's real. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, I feel like they, they raise an eyebrow when they hear I have some money attached to it, but it's not really enough at this point. Yeah. Like, I think I need, like, you know, like, a lot, like, more than 50% of the budget in order for people to really be, like oh this thing is happening you know but I think if I had more than 50% of the budget I'd probably be able to just go start making it most likely <laughs> um, yeah which who, who knows maybe that'll happen in the next the next couple months that'd be great mm-hmm. um I, mean, I don't know like to me it was just encouraging that you can just put your nose to the grindstone and um, you know get get it done but I mean obviously he had like a lot of luck on his side like getting those U- YouTube views was like a timing thing like you know he put it on online on youtube at a time when youtube was you know i think i don't know maybe that still happens where you get organic views on youtube but <laughs> yeah it doesn't really feel like it as much now it feels like you have to have like you know a nice subscriber base and all this other stuff in order for it to but really I, take off i think off he made a film
0: that there's a universal appeal to it like you can understand that situation very well and I, and it's a cool metaphor of a couple having a fight and the woman saying it's not about the nail but the guy's so focused on the nail so I think there's like something to that that idea that just resonated with people and and caused people to say oh man you gotta check this out like this is so funny this is so relatable so, I mean I think there's something about just creating relatable human things like no matter, no matter how absurd they are too
1: hey hey bro have you seen this new short film it's so relatable <laughs> it's oh so relatable gosh. dude it's so great <laughs> <laughs> I think people would it's it's a, it, the hook. I think yeah. I think that's totally true though. Like that, it is a relatable subject. So that's why people
0: react to it. Well, yeah. I think they would just say, "Oh, that's fucking hilarious." Yeah, it's but hilarious, the reason they think exactly. it's hilarious is because they can relate to it. We've exactly. all been in that situation. That's We've all been in that fight. Perfectly articulated version of what I was trying to say.
1: <laughs> um. So should we move on to our next topic? Yeah. Do we have time for this? Yeah, okay. I think we do. We have another yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, I don't think this is going to take twenty minutes. No, I don't think so. So tell me what you came up with this topic. Tell me what we're doing here. What yeah.
0: I mean, been? just, okay. So in working with new people and kind of, let's say being forced to work with new people at capital art. And also just generally in my career, I've always worked with different crews on almost like every single one of my projects. Um, I've kind of found that I am not always going back to the same people. Um, I, I do have a lot of loyalty, but tend to go with the flow a little bit. So like with Capital Art, they had their own team. I got grouped up with them and we and I didn't really pull anybody from like the short films that I've made. Like I I haven't really paid it forward to a lot of those crew members and I do feel a little guilty that I'm not uh, like paying it back. I think about that phrase like don't forget about the little people and I'm like am I forgetting about the little people? And in some ways, I'm like, well, I think about those people that I did work with, and I don't feel like they're the right fits for a lot of the prog- projects that I'm working on. And some of the people I feel like I've grown past and I don't want to work with again because I, I'm now in a different place than they are. And I need to keep moving forward and pushing forward and growing as a filmmaker. And I kind of am just curious to know from your point of view is like, how important is loyalty versus like your own personal growth? And at what point are you being a dick? If you're not like bringing those people that you've made stuff with along with you as you're growing and getting more and more successful. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> I think it's
1: uh, probably something that people have struggled with a, a lot, um, you know, all over the world, as far as um, creatives go, you know, like, as soon as you get an opportunity, um, it's usually one person that they want to take along, you know, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they don't necessarily want to take the whole team. Like you know? Entourage?
0: <laughs> like Entourage. I've actually never seen the show.
1: No, like, um, <laughs> well, I was thinking of, like, there's the, the story of Tom Petty, um, and he had a band that he brought from... Florida and, um, at least one of the members, if not two of the members, um, they basically left behind in creating what we know as the Heartbreakers today. Mm-hmm. Cause they just weren't up to snuff, basically. And then eventually some of those got to, got to come back later. Or they did another band or whatever, but like they basically like moved to LA and then it's like, Oh yeah, you guys aren't good enough, but you guys are, but you guys aren't. <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. just like, you know, I think it's a common theme and, I, I'm not necessarily directly wrestling it with it, with it now, although I am to a degree because, you know, I do like working with new people and meeting new people. And I think I, I meet a lot of DPs, uh, you know, for example, and, you know, everybody wants to make something together. And I think it's totally fine as a director to work with different DPs. Like you don't have to do everything with the same DP if you don't want to, you know, but I think as far as like the feature goes, like without any like, direct explicit sort of you know you have to remove your team I think I'm getting the sense from some of these companies that they would bring in their own people if they were to work with me like they'd be like no no we have our own producer we have our own production team we have our own people like we trust these people um, you know we don't trust you fully because you're an unknown quantity. But we <laughs> right. we, we we'd be lo- we'd love to work with you if you're willing to plug into our pipeline. Yeah, exactly. You know? You're
0: the variable in their machine, which makes sense. Like you want, if I as a production company, I would want to try to con- if to control the output by knowing here's my team and I'm just going to change one piece of it. And that'll help me like maintain control.
1: Right. And then in talking to other producers about packaging and like trying to put your project together, it sounds like you want to make your team as rock solid as possible, because you're if you're a first time director, that's the first thing they're, their eyes are going to go to or like, oh, what? who's the director? What have they done before? Do you have, what have, have I heard of them? And it's like, oh, no, it's me. I'm the director. Of course, no, no one's heard of me. Right. But it's like, if you could put in as many known entities around you as possible, the, the more likely people are going to be to trust you and give you a chance. So you want a producer who's made a lot of great movies. You want an art director who's done some amazing stuff. You want a director of photography who's shot a bunch of movies that kind of look like the movie that you've made, right? Yeah. So right. if you're, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, I want to work with my crew that I've come up with who've made, helped me make all the movies that I've done that you like that you're like, Oh yeah, these shorts are great. Like, Oh, I, think I can totally see you making a feature, but they're like, then they're like, Oh, well, but yeah, let's get this great DP that I know who's, you know, just shot a horror movie or just <laughs> shot a sci-fi thing. Like, yeah. Oh, that he'd be great or she'd be great or, or whatever. And it's like, so I'm starting to see it not just from production companies, but just from people giving me general advice. You know, it's like, yeah bring up a, a new team and I'm wrestling with it right now like do I want to do that like <laughs> right, do, you have do I want to yeah I have my team I mean do I want to like put them aside and, and just do what's going to get the movie funded as, as quickly as possible yeah. does that really matter in the end and that's I'm, I'm meeting with a producer next week and that's one of the questions I'm going to ask him I'm going to be like look you know whether or not you come out on this project like what do you think like this is my production team this is the work I've done like do you think I should be packaging myself with, with better people who've, you know, have more of a track record, or do you think it's perfectly fine for me to be like, hey, this is my my team of people I want to work with. Like I believe in these people. Let's do this. You yeah. Know?
0: I, mean, I guess that's yeah, kind of where I'm at. It's like when I first started working with Capital Art and they were like, Who do you want, who 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 do you need to have on the team to feel comfortable? And I was like, you know what, I'm happy just to work with your team and try it out and see what it's like. And that's kind of been my philosophy in almost every production. Like when you put together the music video, um, I kind of let you just dictate to me who the crew was. And when I produce stuff, I just kind of, you know, I'll, if I hire a DP, I'll trust whoever they want to work with and on the camera side of things. You know, i was kind of just trust people to have their own like take and sensibilities. And what it's taught me is uh, how to work with different people and also just kind of see... You don't know what you don't know, right? So to work with other people and see how they do it compared to somebody else that you worked with has been really cool. But it also does make me feel guilty. Like, should I have like fought really hard to pull somebody into this, this team that I'm now working with, uh, either with you producing or with Capital Art producing? The only person I've ever really fought for is like been you to come on as a producer. <laughs> right, I was gonna you know? say, but, thank um, you very much. Now <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But uh, everyone else, I've just kind of, yeah, I haven't really like fought too hard to bring people in.
1: But you've but you've on all your movies, haven't you worked with a different DP every time? Like you know, I'll, you... I'll cross your shorts.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Every single so, time.
1: I think in, in one sense, like, you know, you, you work with a lot of different people on a lot of different projects and I think on your commercial stuff, you've probably worked with mostly different DPs and different people on each of those too, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really feel like you're, you're really, you don't really owe anybody anything, you know? And I mean, it's, it would be nice to like be able to give future projects to the people who you worked with early on, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't think that you really need to worry about that. I mean, obviously, you want to work with the same people again if you can, but, you know, you also, you're growing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. I think. You know, it feels harder for me because I've worked with the same DP on two projects um, so far and, you know, uh, the same gaffer on everything. I think <laughs> my gaffers gaffed everything I've done yeah. um, all but the do way you, through.
0: Do you feel like those people on your crew you're loyal to because you really like their talents or do you feel like you owe them because you haven't really paid them oh, on your stuff no
1: because i think they're the best that's why i work with them because mm-hmm. i think that they're they've got the best um teams you know and i enjoy working with them and i feel like the work they do is incredible
0: you yeah know? and supports your particular
1: style yeah exactly yeah. and i and i mean you know, like, I don't I don't feel like I'm doing it just because I have to. It's because, like, these are the people I want to. And I don't I I, my mind, there's no one better, you know. But then again, when you sit across the table with somebody, and you talk about your DP and they're like, who's that again? <laughs> like, what have they done? <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, um, you know, it's sort of it makes it more difficult. And I mean, but I, I guess that's my question to you is like, if you think that their work is amazing and that you're really proud of, of the stuff that you've done together and you're really excited to do more great stuff together in the future, does it matter that they don't have a track record and that they don't have,
0: um, you know, the credits to back it up or, you know, I don't think so because we all need a break. You know, we all need that one shot to do something and prove right. ourselves. I mean, everybody writers, directors, cinematographers, art department people and once they get that break and then they're they're known for that one thing that they did then everyone wants to work with them but who's going to give them that one shot to prove that they can do the thing that they haven't proven they can do yet right that's kind of, I mean, of what if, I think about it
1: but what do you think like if it would be easier for me to make my movie working with somebody who's like shot some features you know some some you know genre features sci-fi horror whatever um do you think I should work with that person who I don't know and reach out or stick with my guns with my my crew you know that I that I'm that I, that I like and that I love the work they do
0: um I think the movie the creative is the most important thing so you have to look at what you're trying to achieve right. and if the DP that's gonna make it easier to get your movie made fits your movie and is gonna make it just as good as working with the other person, I would go in the direction of easier. Easier. Okay. Unless, yeah, because if the, unless you feel like I can only work with my crew, that's the only way this film is ever going to look the way I want it to, then stick to your guns. But I think that's, you know, that's really hard to say, right? I think (laughs) there's always going to be somebody else that can make your movie look as good or even better than the crew that you have been working with.
1: There's so many talented filmmakers out there and and crew people and dps and everything and i say that
0: from experience i've worked with different people in every single one of my movies which is also why it's easier for me to try different people out because i feel like the results of everything i've done always hew to what i see in my head so if it's coming a lot from me and it's about directing those people then it's less about needing that particular person on my team Right. I think,
1: you know, loyalty is a really important thing and being loyal to your, to your people who have, who have done things for you in the past, I think is really huge. Um, but at the same time, like you need to, you need to do what's best for your film at also. Mm-hmm. So hopefully those things align with what's best for your film is also, um, you know, staying true to the people that have helped you, you know, get to where you are, yeah. you know? Um, but if it isn't, then I, I don't know, it's a tough decision, but you're saying go with what's going to make the movie, uh, get the movie made basically get the movie made. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I have no idea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know you're a really loyal person too, which is right. why I wanted to ask you this question. Yeah. It's a, it's, it really honestly has been something I've been thinking about a lot lately
1: and struggling with and. You know, I haven't really figured out the the answer, and I don't think it's an easy answer. You know, by yeah. any means, but uh, yeah, it's just it's really it's it's tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is tough. I, I mean, and at the same time that I'm saying that I I haven't been good about paying people back, I I actually have. I, have, I think you have. Yeah, I think I yeah. have. It's just. I haven't worked. I guess I'm not like you. I look at you and you work with like the same people over and over again. And that's where I'm not really at. Right. But I do feel like a little like, yeah, why am I not working with the same people over and over again? Is it because I haven't found my crew or because I'm not loyal? But no, I think it's just the kind of the nature of how things are unfolding for me. Right. I think you also work with different producers a lot. And, le- and yeah, except that's true. With, with me, I mean, you've worked
1: with me a few times, but, you know, I think a lot in your other projects, you've worked with different producers and the producers mm-hmm. are oftentimes who are hiring the crew. Yeah. And so you just point. leave it to the producer because it's their job and then they just bring out, bring in their people, you know, and yeah. that's how you work with new people, which I think is great. You know, like I think I, I would have loved to work with more TPs and more different crews, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think it's, there's, 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 you know, thing good things to both, you know? Yeah. So, to both sides of it. Well, and I, I really... I also want to say that it's not really fair to call them the little people because I think <laughs> everybody that I've worked say, with... That's what they say,
0: though. That's what they say. Don't forget about the little people.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, all the people that I've worked with are are probably more successful than I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> In a lot of <laughs> ways, you know? <laughs> so, uh, it's not like forgetting the little people. Like, they all have their own dings. They're doing yeah. their own... What should we call projects. them, then? Projects. I don't know. Just... People. Um, your, your, don't forget the team, your squad, your people. Don't forget your people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I have forgotten people. I about mean, you all. I, I think that's a fair, for this segment, it's okay. But I think just making sure people understand that we don't think anyone else is little. Um, <laughs>
0: right, I don't feel like good. I'm like on a pedestal right now and I'm like looking down at everyone. Right, okay, good. Uh, and then, yeah, that's the clear. other thing I was going to say <laughs> is like, part of, if you're not working with the same people and over and over again, another thing that I do um, is... I'll I'll still recommend them when people say like yesterday I got a text from somebody said hey do you know any DPs in the Bay Area and I was like what what kind of thing are you looking for and they told me and I pulled people that I'd worked with in the past you know people that I'm not currently working with now but that I worked with in the past that I admire and respect and I was like here are three DPs people that like the first person that's the person I worked with on my first short film the person that shot the Spirit Machine Jason Joseph who shot the music video so it's like I'm still paying it forward in my own way, but it's just you know, even if they're not on my crew, right? I'm still helping them out. Hopefully, hopefully they get work as a result of that.
1: Yeah, I always gotta recommend people. That's a that's a huge thing. I think it's good.
0: All right, so iTunes reviews. We got some UK iTunes reviews. Nice, awesome. You want to read the first one? This one looks Wave M Studios sounds familiar. Oh yeah, I know. We met them. Yeah, that's right. Those are the the guys that came to San Francisco to shoot the. Commodore document yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. What's up, Steve and family?
0: So this is from January 14th, 2017 from Wave M Studios. Tim and Ulrich are the most real and passionate filmmakers I've ever listened to, giving you the real deal warts and all. Not only do they tell the stories of others they interview, they have also been through the pain and pleasure of this business and are survivors. Together we stand... And as long as the Indie Collective keeps marching towards the goal, we will make a difference in the film industry. I totally believe that once these guys make that elusive first feature, (laughs) it'll be successful because they will put as much thought, passion, and effort into it as they do with this podcast. If you have not listened to the guys yet, then why not? Cheers, Steve. Five stars. And the title of this was these guys cut out the bs and give you the real story wow that's awesome <laughs> wow what a motivational review
1: yeah now i have to we have to actually do it yeah you know. thanks for believing in us steve yeah now we actually have to go out and make movies
0: <laughs> let's get the elusive first feature
1: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i want i want to be in the time of my life where i've made my first feature so i can just get be done <laughs> with it it's done i made it it's out there yeah <laughs> Uh wow awesome well thanks great review um I'll read this next one cool this is titled um an absolute gold mine of information by Azura thirteen seventy two I'm probably saying that wrong it's from August twenty seventeen these two guys have taught me more about the inner workings of the film industry than I have learned so far in two my two years at university studying film production they called it uni just for you know people's whatever that's the slang uh if you're enthusiastic to join the production industry or just want to extend your existing knowledge this podcast is a great place to do that keep up the good work guys a uni student in the uk awesome. wow i love these international reviews yeah uni uh i love that <laughs> we don't say that here nah, um, no that's cool Wow. Well, thanks so much, um, to Azra and Wave M Studios and Steve. I can't remember the names of the rest of his family, but yeah, they're really, they're all really wonderful. Too. I, I'm really, gosh, impressed with those guys. Like from when we started the podcast, they, um, made a Kickstarter, mm-hmm. f- f- were successfully funded and went out and are shooting their documentary with, with the money from Kickstarter.
0: It's like, gosh, people are doing it. Why yeah. aren't we doing it? <laughs> There's so many of our listeners that are surpassing us.
1: i I love getting the
0: emails or the the tweet that just says hey i'm so inspired by your podcast i'm shooting my film next month it's like you are and we're not well i'm glad something's happening as a result of this podcast yeah people
1: are doing stuff it's great it's awesome uh it's (laughs) Uh, inspirational to me to keep on moving and just do my own thing yeah um all right any last words before we wrap
0: this up no take us out
1: please (laughs) yes sir (laughs) thanks for listening if you want to get in contact with us send an email to podcast at making movies to podcast at making movies is hard dot com or you can find us on twitter and facebook at mmih podcast you can also visit our website at making movies is hard dot com where you can find the links to the things we talked about on this episode while you're there please sign up to save a a weekly email from us we'll deliver the show notes to your inbox every monday hold on one second i do want to talk about something things i forgot to
0: talk about our new facebook community page right yeah (laughs) how do people find that i don't know blowing up um so i woke up one morning and was checking facebook and facebook said to me hey, you know what you should do? You should start a community page. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I started an indie filmmakers community um as an offshoot of the Making Movies is Hard <laughs> right. podcast and invited right. a bunch of people. And it's <clears throat> really taken off. People are using yeah. it. So it's like a bunch of filmmakers asking questions of each other, showing their work. It's just like a really cool place. And I'm really liking the conversations that are happening on it. So if you're listening to this and you haven't found it yet, uh, go find us on Facebook. I, I know you can go to our uh, making movies is hard facebook page and then click on community i think and there'll be a link to it in there um but we'll also find a link and include it in the show notes so go to our website you can find it there but yeah everyone right. should come and hang out with us
1: and if you can't find it just email us and we'll invite you yeah to that's it, true um, directly but yeah, it's funny because, um, you just started it one day and I was like, why'd you start this thing? And you're like, cause Facebook told me to. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then not, not like four hours later, we already had a bunch of people, um, you know, talking on it. And I was like, oh, wow, people actually do want this. This is yeah. interesting. There's a need for it. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm on there like once a day replying to somebody or, or asking a question or something. Um, I want to put up on there like topics. And like, if anyone has any topics for the for the podcast, yeah, um, I because I feel like those that's really would be useful in, yeah, in making up. Yeah, because I these like episodes. it because if
0: I post those things on my my regular Facebook page, I'm not going to really get any responses because most of the people following me are like ad agency people. So I like <laughs> right. having this like side community that's just all filmmakers,
1: right. And, and it seems like what we wanted to do with the uh, comment section in on the website is actually happening on Facebook. Yeah. Like people are actually using it to, to talk and interact, whereas our website has just never really <laughs> become that place,
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, well, you got to go where the people are, and people are on Facebook.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh,
0: okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, no. Ensign, take us out.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, Right away, Captain. Um, So yeah, so after you've uh, checked out our website, yeah, make sure to check out the Facebook group. And yeah, like I said, if you can't find us um, on on Facebook, just uh, send us an email and we'll invite you directly. And finally, if you like the show, you can tell your friends about it just, you know, in person or with a nice email or a phone call. Or you can leave a rating uh, for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, which are really great and um, you know we're trying to read these as much as we can now um getting through the internationals I mean I'm not sure how long it's going to take us to do that but but we're trying to catch up but yeah if you read if you put a new one on there, we'll read those as well also ratings are good too if you just want to leave a rating and not a review yeah, that would be awesome. A
0: few people have left ratings in the last week or so, so thank you guys. oh yeah, uh, I don't know awesome. who you are, but thank you. I saw this yeah that's great oh man see I love that you're actually paying close attention like I just
1: only check every <laughs> like three months or when you tell me there's a new yeah, review yeah I don't know why kind of,
0: for some reason I, like part of my daily routine is just going into iTunes and just looking at the our podcast on the store just to see where it is like is it is it raising, rising or falling are there more reviews or like I don't yeah. know we, we we should be aware of
1: these things, you know, and I think it's good that you're you're doing it and I wish I was doing it too, but I'm not. <laughs> well if I'm doing um, it so you don't have
0: to. Nice.
1: That's awesome. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for a great episode, Timothy, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right, bye.